Coming up next on the Breadwinning Mums. I would say the first thing is slow down. Um, you've got plenty of time. What are you rushing for? Um, just enjoy everything. Smell the roses. And also when I look back at as a mum, all those special moments um, that that you have, you know, as a, when, when your baby's, you're cuddling this newborn baby, just to be in that moment and just to enjoy it more. Um, because then they pass and then they'll just be memories. Yeah. So I would yeah. definitely, definitely tell that that Feifei, just enjoy, be in the moment. There's no rush. I'm just really learning to just really enjoy everything now and be in the moment. Welcome to the show. I'm Jane Lim. On the Breadwinning Mums podcast, we debunk the myths of working mums, cheer each other on, and show the world that it's okay to be a mum and still pursue excellence in your chosen area of expertise. Today, we're chatting with Feifei Porter, a fellow breadwinning mum with three children. Sophia, Lawrence, and Jamie. Feifei is a principal at Oliver Wyman. She shared with us her life story about growing up in Adelaide, exploring the world and working in Hong Kong, the US, and UK before coming back to Australia. Here we go with Feifei Porter. Hi. Hi from Hindmarsh Islands. Yeah, thank you so much for taking some time during your precious family holiday. Um, how's the holiday going? Good, good. I'm finally winding down a little bit, if you can call it that, because I've sort of escaped to Hindmarsh Island in, in Goa, which is sort of a one hour drive south of Adelaide. Um, yeah. and, um, and that's sort of following on from a hectic London trip in the snow. And then we arrived into Melbourne uh, Christmas Eve after two weeks in London and then quickly packed, unpacked all our snow gear and then packed up all our summer gear and bathers <laughs> and, then, and then sort of flew, flew down to Adelaide for, for Christmas with the family where I, where I was born and grew up. And then now we've escaped down to Highmarsh Island in Goa. Um, and so we're here for a couple of days and it's it's a really, really nice place to just really get away from it all. It's such a slower pace uh, compared to London and Melbourne. <laughs> so yeah. It's nice. It is nice. Yeah, that's good. So we first met during the AGSM Korea Expo event when you just joined, right, Oliver Wyman? 
That's right. That is right. Uh, how many months ago was that now? I can't, because I've been with Oliver Weimer for a few months. It's It's been like a whirlwind, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was in July, I think, July or August this year. Wow. So yeah, six months, um, yeah. half a year. Gosh, mm. it's just, it's just, you know, life is just at a fast pace, you know, when you're, you've got the kids and you're juggling and it's work, travel, um, obviously I'm based in Melbourne and I'll fly to Sydney quite frequently to, to meet the clients and, and give seminars and presentations and especially the, the talk I gave at AGSM. Um, mm. But it's all good. It's all very fulfilling. I, I love it. Um, that's why I do it. Yeah, that's good. Um, so you're currently working with Oliver Wyman, but you mm -hmm. have a lot of experience. Can you tell us, uh, can you take us to the very beginning, I guess, and tell us where you grow up? Yes. Wow. Let's wind back a few decades. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was born and um, grew up in Adelaide. Mm. Um, Adelaide is a, I love it, but to me, it just hasn't changed much in, in the last, you know, gosh, the last 30 years. Um, so I always uh, felt that there was more out there that I wanted to explore. Um, so after high school, I, I did an international business degree. And in that international business degree, I got the opportunity to um, to do an um, exchange. I was studying uh, Mandarin Chinese. My background, uh, I'm of uh, Chinese heritage. My, my dad's uh, from Malaysia, my mom's from Macau. They both uh, came to Australia in the 1970s. Can you believe that as international students and, and never left? Mm. So mm. there was a lot that, you know, been brought up in Australia. I, I really just wanted to explore more. So that's why I studied Mandarin um, in university. And um, it was in that international business, which is essentially an economics degree. Um, I got to go to, to Beijing and, and study study there. Um, and it was basically intense Chinese, um, four hours in the morning, and then and then you got to sort of experience um, Chinese, Chinese culture. And that was in Beijing. Um, and it was in Beijing in that six month exchange that I got some work experience. Um, and I, it was a fantastic opportunity actually. Um, there was this American company called Kinko's and it was one of the first um, US companies to uh, expand their operations to China. So effectively I got a job as a sort of a 2IC for the general manager that was expanding to uh, Beijing and um, sort of her translator, I was her uh, sort of assistant COO, and it was just such amazing experience. Um, and also the reason I went out to um, China as well was because I got this scholarship that at the time was funded by the government, um, excuse me. <laughs> and so by the time I came back, um, I got this article done on me in the um, in the Australian and uh, just talking about how I was a scholarship recipient, they wanted to hear all about my China experience. And through that, um, funnily enough, I was um, offered this opportunity to go to study in um, Hong Kong, uh, so work in Hong Kong in uh, financial services for this New York company uh, called Bound at the time. They did prospectuses for um, international IPOs. Um, uh, international companies that wanted to list on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. And um, and so I, that was my first job. Um, after I graduated, I went straight to Hong Kong as an expat and um, spent a few years there. Um, and I was essentially in sales, um, selling um, the, the printing work and the 
prospectus work for these um, mainland Chinese companies that were doing um, IPOs on the uh, on the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange and, and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. It was an exciting time because they were, you know, it was when essentially um, back then in the early 90, in the 1990s, China was really opening up and um, uh, we saw sort of Bank of China listing um, in, in Hong Kong, China National Petroleum, you know, listing in, in, in America. It was a really fascinating time. So I did that for a while. Um, and then we entered sort of 2000s, the early year 2000s. And I'm, I'm really struggling, <laughs> you know, we're going back a yeah. long time without giving yeah. away my age. And, um, <laughs> And that's when we had, you know, the Silicon Valley was was booming. We had the, the tech, um, the tech boom, and it was just a really exciting time. Um, and then, and then, yeah, we went into a bit of a rough time with the um, bit of a dip with um, the the tech bubble bursting a little. And so I thought that was time to move on and try something different. So at that time, my boyfriend at the time, uh, my ex, my my fiance at the time was was a. Uh, um, uh, studying in in Chicago and that's when I moved to I thought oh, let's just experience America why not so I moved to to America and I um, followed him to the US and I lived in Chicago for a bit and then I backpacked in Costa Rica and thought gosh what am I going to do the next stages <laughs> of my life and yeah. um, and I thought well you know business finance let's just do something completely different why not let's just clear the clear the slate and I always, um, you know, any any girl's dream was um, was shopping. And I thought, I really like shopping. So what do <laughs> I do in true Feifei style? I just enrolled myself in a, you know, literally just um, on a whim, enrolled myself in the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising because what shopping and being a buyer would be really exciting. So, um, yeah, I graduated with a merchandise marketing degree and I ended up with just trying it out and um, did a few stints in, in merchandise marketing, worked for Tommy Hilfiger, BCBG, Max Myra for, for a few months. And then I ended up as a buyer for, um, for TJX. So you might've heard of TK Maxx, um, mm. TJ Maxx. Um, and I was a buyer in apparel for them. And then I ended up um, buying home goods and what we call dust collectors, because at the time, the housing property boom in the US was really taking off. Mm. And um, I was just tasked with uh, purchasing dust collectors. So, if, you know, literally filling up 44 containers in um, that had different categories like Zen. So Zen is sort of Buddhas and, you know, really um, sort of um, Asian artifacts. And so I was literally flying to Vietnam, Thailand, sort of buying all these sorts of artifacts mm. and selling them to 2000 stores all over the US and filling the, the containers. And it was just such a exciting, fun time, really fun, just with all the travel um and my um husband at the time where was he um just trying to remember <laughs> um he was um yeah he was working in San Francisco and then he um he was a banker and then moved to to Hong Kong and then and then I kind of just um, it was really exciting, but then I just thought, you know, where, where to next with this? And when you, when, and I was really enjoying it, but it's also very seasonal. Um, so you'll buy for the autumn season and, and it's very forward looking and then you've got the summer seasons. And I, and I kind of just miss the dynamism of, of the finance markets. 
And um, so it's at that time I thought, you know, let's, where, where to next? And a friend to me suggested, um, why don't you do an MBA? Mm. It's kind of a good way to segue mm. into business and, and financial markets. And then you can decide what you want to do. And, and it's quite broad based. It's quite generalist. And through that experience, you'll meet people and you'll, you'll sort of get um, opportunities in, in, in the job market to decide what you want to do. And so that's what, what I did. So I did the GMAT and I did um, surprisingly well. Well, mm. for me anyway. And um, and then I, yeah, I ended up in INSEAD. Um, and uh, in hindsight, I realized what a fantastic opportunity that was. Um, so I studied in Singapore and I um, was able to spend some time in France. And I did that for a year doing my MBA. And then that's how I got into um, investment banking in London um, with, with Barclays. And so I um, graduated into um into sort of leverage finance in Barclays in London at the time um started in um, syndicate sales and then moved into origination and then I was there for a while a while yes a while (laughs) and what what a ride um I was there for pretty much over a decade um Mm. from summer associate um junior slave working horrendous hours and um, survived through the global financial crisis. I mean, I mm. literally graduated into the worst years because that's when yeah. Lehman, Lehman went bust. Yeah. Um, I also spent a bit of time in um, the Middle East markets and, and Dubai went, you know, bust, didn't do very well there. And, you know, worked through the recovery of, of all mm. those markets. Mm. And, um, and, and that's where I started my family. So... Um, mm had my first child when I was um, literally associate being promoted to, to VP. I, I really wouldn't recommend that because the hours <laughs> were, were, you know, really tough, really yeah. tough. And I remember being, you know, heavily pregnant at you know 11 p.m. at night, you know, trying to work towards deadlines and um, and you know what it's like, right? Being being pregnant, you know, you mm. don't feel you feel your best. And mm. and clients didn't know because you know I'd be on the phone and they're speaking to this junior banker. And then subsequently, by the time I had Lawrence, Lawrence is nine now. No, ten. Sorry, sorry, he turned ten. Can you believe that? Mm. Um, mm. Double double digits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, just as I was being promoted to to director, so literally, you know, working up the corporate ladder in in mm. investment banking. And then um, by the time I had Jamie, um, you know, when you're working those M&A hours, um, I was working more in acquisition finance, structured finance at the time. And it was all very transactional based. You're working deal by deal. Um, yeah, I just thought, gosh, you know, where, where to next with three three children, a newborn Um and I kind of just thought, well, maybe let's let's decide where, where to next. So I, I made the leap and I didn't go back to Barclays after my maternity leave. Mm. Uh, took a few months off to, to be a mum mm. to, to three very young children in, in London at the London mm. Pace as, as well. Um, at the time, uh, you know, a lot of um, business class, uh, uh, business school alumni, they, they were, you know, hearing, oh, Faye's, Faye's not, you know, she's, she's taken time out. Great. Let's um, see what she thinks of my business idea. And that was a really cool time. And that's how I got into fintech because a lot of um, 
friends were mm. having. Yeah, they were launching ideas. Really, yeah. like, cool, cool ideas from InsureTech mm. to data analytics. But um, and then and that's how I got into to fintech. So um, one of my business school alumni, he founded this really cool um, this cool company called Prodigy Finance. Mm. That um, basically it's an unsecured um, student lender that that lends to international MBA students. They get accepted as international students to an MBA school, but how do you get a loan? Um, you know, yeah, as you know, um, your HSM is quite expensive to to sort of take time out and, and to study, especially if you have a family as well. Um, mm. I, I and a career and a career, yeah. right? Mm. It's so it's so expensive, um, and at that time, it was very difficult to get a loan. But the 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 thesis of 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 prodigy finance as well. Well, if you get um, uh, accepted into a really top international business school, mm. um, you, your employment prospects are going to be pretty good, right? Mm. So we're going to underwrite you on that basis. So um, let's take an example. Let's say you get accepted, say into you know MIT. Um, we're just going to say, hey, you know what? We think you have pretty good employment prospects like that that after you graduate after the two years um, from yeah. your MBA we'll, we'll underwrite you on that basis so we'll lend you all the money tuition costs living costs and we will we will fund that because we think that you will be uh, employed and you will be mm, able to repay the that. loan mm. Mm. yeah and so when I joined Prodigy uh, we were at 13,000 customers we had lent to 13,000 students and and I think now um there are you know 30,000 plus you know don't don't quote me um Cameron Mm. the founder might be sort of holding me to that statistic (laughs) but um you know after you do an MBA it's quite transformative in terms of the opportunities that open up and I think you will Mm. be able to attest to that as well and I'm sure you've got a lot of AGS and alumni that can attest to that um and and I knew as well sort of um from from INSEAD just all the friends I made all the bonds I've made um in through from that that MBA degree um so yeah I did work for for Prodigy for a while um and then you know after Prodigy um you're a mum of three three kids that you know with with the oldest at that time she was sort of heading into sort of sort of the junior school high school age and I thought mm. you know London pace is great um but I had this Australian uh childhood where mm. I didn't do an exam it was quite carefree actually mm. um until mm. I was in high school mm. and the weather was better why don't I why don't I let them try that and so mm. um yeah so two years ago I relocated a whole family um back to Australia to Melbourne which is where we've been um and that coincided obviously with COVID because we relocated mm. January you know <laughs> 2020 um, oh right just before the borders closed <laughs> welcome yeah <laughs> and into right and into Victoria which is like the worst state yes of, yeah <laughs> did you feel like I've made the the worst decision in my worst. life <laughs> oh totally it wasn't even just me feeling it I was yeah. told I was literally told by yeah. but it's like why why did you guys move to Melbourne like what's yeah. what's wrong out of all the all the states yeah. you could have gone to New South Wales yeah. you could have even you could have even gone back to South Australia which is where all the family are
and so I ended up, what did I do? So the first, um, did a few stints. So first of all, so, uh, you know, veteran, veteran um, fintech, fintech uh, sort of um, uh, expert at the time. So I worked for, as a CFO for a, a credit mm. card issuer, they're called Archer. Mm. Um, so they're a corporate card um, lender for, for small business. And they're doing really well. They're um, at the revenue producing stage. Um, really exciting company as as well. And I mm. did that for a, a few months. So I literally was, I think, like the number eight, tenth employee. Wow. One of the first few executive employees. Yeah, that was a really exciting stint, um, to, to be honest, and very grateful for that experience. And I'm still an advisor, um, an investor in, in the company. Um, but just to get that off the ground, and let me tell you, get that off the ground during COVID and mm. trying to get funding, you know, when every the markets are literally just so paranoid and you're in sudden uncertain future. So, you know, bootstrapping, but but we did it and, and they're still doing really well and they're at really hyper growth stage at the moment. Um, so I did that for for a while, and and when they got to you know the customer stage, with um with startups, you sort of you you do the 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 startup stage, and then you get to the the customer acquisition stage, and so that's when I sort of step back from the executive executive role, um, and that's when I I joined a, a private equity fund as their investment director and CFO, um, because because it was just you know, an amazing opportunity at the time um, and just, you know, being able to have that opportunity to have and review amazing investment decks and just work with really talented um, founders and and have this, um, you know, advisory business um, in, in parallel. Um, so I did that for, for quite a while and I still do that to a bit of an extent, though I'm winding down now that I'm with um, Oliver Wyman. Mm. So did that Is this MBB Porter Capital? Yeah, so this is MBB Porter uh, that was on the side of um, Greenwich uh, that I was with for a while. They're the private equity firm that I was the CFO ah, of. Yeah. yeah. And okay. so MBB, um, literally, I'm at um, three clients at the moment where I work with the founders, capital raise, um, and just really just basic advisory work. Um mm. And so that's that sort of um, you know I'm not taking on any more clients um, anymore um, because mm. now my time is really dedicated to to Oliver Wyman. And so yeah, this brings us to Oliver Wyman, which mm. was by by chance, um, and it was also another uh, INSEAD uh, MBA colleague. And yeah, really mm. was looking for that work life balance. Um, mm. And you know, found you know, working with founders and and in that startup world, I think as anyone can attest to, is it can be all time consuming, mm. and and it's like a it's like a baby, you know, for mm, these founders. You know, mm. yeah, you are, mm. and and if you join them in that journey, you mm. will also get sucked sucked mm. into it. And and mm. I'm that type of, person. you know, I operate at a thousand miles an hour, and I and I. I share in that passion and and that journey but when you're a mother and and obviously for me a single mother of three young children it's very important to demarcate your job work life with yep. children and and mm -hmm. as I'm learning more and more you know not only just demarcating that time to to the parent parental responsibility but really being present and you know my yeah. daughter's my oldest daughter she's she's 12 now and mm. and the, the 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 type of um 
the time that she needs from me you know it's not like toilet training and you know, yeah it's I different think it's very mm. different mm. and you and need to be there and she needs to know that you've listened last week when she was talking about her friend who did a slight thing you know in passing yeah it's very different. absolutely it's very different and you you know mm. this and and you know they you know, with all the social media that they're exposed mm. to, I mean, her friends are listening to TikTok. Mm. Um, she she got an iPhone um, last year because she had to sort of make her way to from from school, um, mm. you know, back home uh, by herself. You know, I, I got her dri- a driver because I'm I'm working, but she needs to be driven, so she needs to be picked up. But just so I could track her and just so she could have access and call me in an emergency. But then, okay, with an iPhone, hello, welcome yeah. to all yeah. these opportunities, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and we can we could talk about that. That's a whole other yeah whole other topic. Yeah, but. So yeah, so with um, Oliver Wyman, you know, I was looking for for a job that could kind of, you know, give me that, um, that, that, well, I mean, we're always struggling with the balance, but um, mm-hmm. they suggested management consulting to me and um, someone with with my background and so yeah I got introduced to the um, the partner at the time and and you know as as always um, and I think you can just sort of tell from the the journey that I've had with all the different career experiences I kind of just follow my gut and I I'll speak to people and and it's who I work with as well I I mm. like to work with um you know, really talented people that can give me the energy mm. and that I'll learn from. And I really got that from uh, speaking to the various partners that I interviewed with. And mm. it just felt right. Um, Oliver Wyman, uh, you know, 10, 10 years ago, they were just a staff in Australia of, of t- 20. And in five years, they've grown to, to 100. They're strong in the financial practice. And obviously, I've got a, a banking background um, and they're strong in risk. But they're really, you know, um, strong on ESG they're they're really strong in transport um, infrastructure and they, they've got a really strong um, M&A um, private equity practice and so that's mm. where I've joined uh, sort of in that private capital advisory space which is where my background is as well mm. and um, and you know they they have such an emphasis on uh, work-life uh, balance as well and they have all these amazing programs in place and you know you have corporates um and and large firms that, that say they they do it and they they talk about it but mm. um to be honest they they I I don't feel that they give the support and I'm finally in um with Oliver Wyman they really do they do really support me and they knew the the story I'm straight up you know they knew a single mom three three young kids and they're like you know I think you know we can we can make this work and so they're constantly will have you know um you know sort of um ways of working sort of um check-ins and they might be they and they do they really check in with employees like how are you doing how do we improve things are things working right now and it's this constant conscious um dedication to to sort of making sure the employees are okay with the family work-life balance so yeah I'm really proud to work with them um, with a Mm. firm like this they even have um uh, sort of flexible working programs um you can do sort of work 10 to 11 month um 
sort of uh, sort of they have these ten to eleven month years where you can sort of work for ten months. Um, they have four to five or or work. You can have nine fortnightly working days. Um, you can have parental leave. Um, so it's really really cool, and you just work with them, work out a plan. And I think the biggest thing with all of it is that it just doesn't compromise like the work product quality the employee yeah the work quality mm. like you know I I have um, consultants that work with me and it just doesn't compromise the deliver the, the the quality of work we deliver to the clients I mean that that mm. commitment that mm. excellence that we commit to the client mm. is just still there it's not mm. compromised and I think when people hear about work-life balance or and I'll be honest like I was one of these people I thought oh well you know if you don't work yourself to death and yeah. you you know you don't work those what 80 yeah. hour weeks you're yeah. just not working kind of it's yeah. not it's yeah. not true. It's just yeah. simply not true. I've dropped the ball many times as a as a single mom. You know, the number of times like I've forgotten my kids' lunches or I've forgotten to <laughs> pick my daughter up. Like literally, yeah, I'll be I'll be in a really important meeting and she'll be calling me up and saying, Mommy, where where are you? And I'll be like, Oh, whoops. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in Sydney. And there's no way um, I can get to you. <laughs> and, you know, just, just solving, you know, just solving yeah. for that. But, hey, you know, yeah. like you solve business case studies. Yeah. We need yeah. to solve problems. And these yeah. problems you just yeah. have to solve, right? Yeah. So, wow. you know, three, three different kids, three different schools, no lunch. Um, three you know, different schools. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> The two boys are in the same school, but you've got the ELC and a junior school. So it's a different uh, sort of okay. campus, but close to. But yeah, different, uh, what okay. do you call it? A different ad administration um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teams. <laughs> and, but guess what? And and then my daughter's in a, 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 her own, um, the, a, a, it's like a, a, her own private uh, girls school. But guess what? Deliveroo. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can outsource yeah, most things now. You can, you can, you can. You know, and I, I really think of um, working mums ten years ago, or twenty years ago. I mean, we have tech now, we have the gig economy. You know, things are a lot easier at our fingertips. What was the young Feifei like? I have a feeling that she's probably not much different from the current Feifei, determined, very, you know, strong-willed, assertive. Can you relate to that observation? You know, that is so funny um, you say that. And it's such an interesting question because I've never, I've never self-reflected. And, um, and it's only actually now, you know, because you, your kids will say like, oh, you know, what was, what were you like as a child, mummy? Or um, hearing, you know, especially now I'm in High Marsh Island. I'm actually at the at the house of my um, my economics professor that I've kept in contact with. Can you believe mm. it? For, for for more than thirty years, mm. and he'll tell my kids about me as I, as I was a child, and I'm like, really? Oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I was, I was always driven. Um, mm. I wasn't short of confidence. That is very true. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I was never really shy. I always went for it. Um, and I, 
always knew growing up in Adelaide, which by relative to a big city like London and, and New York and, and Hong Kong also where I live, it's a very tranquil place. Like the pace of life is, is different. And I just wanted more. So I always knew that I wanted to, to get out. And, and that's why I, I, I did sort of at the age of 17, yeah, very, early. Hmm. very early, you know, I, I got that scholarship and I was, I was out, but you need money, right? So, you know, my, my parents, um, my, my dad worked for the government, my mom was a nurse, didn't, we, we weren't a family um, of, of a lot of be- means. So, you know, I was working many jobs. Um, I, I, my first job at 14, so I've, I've walked in there to the department store and said I want a job can you give me a job they're like oh well if you fill in this form sure maybe we can see if we can find your job and so my first job at 14 was stacking shelves at big w Mm. and then and then can you believe like I think the minimum wage back then for a 14 year old was four dollars fifty an hour wow yeah (laughs) crazy right um you know my kids like what And so that wasn't enough and I, and I wanted more money. So then I, I even worked at McDonald's. Um, I even worked as a model. I, I signed up mm. to a modeling agency back then as well. And not very glamorous though, I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, it sounds glamorous, but it, but it wasn't. This, you know, you worked for hair salons for, for um, their, their openings and you did all sorts of um, commercial modeling op- jobs out mm. there in, in Adelaide. Um, mm. And doing that, and then I worked as a waitress. I was probably like the world's worst waitress, but <laughs> it was just just that drive to save enough yeah. money. And yeah. and then I started investing in in stocks. I learned about the wow. the stock markets because it was that curiosity just to mm. learn. And mm. um, and back in the day, there was no there was no like Comsec. There was no yeah. Robin Robin Hood. I mean, I had yeah. to call call up I remember through a landline there was no mobile phones back in those wow. days yeah to a to how a guy. old were you when you first invested God, I was I was 16 um, wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy right um yeah and then back in the day it was on so in the, the local newspaper in it mm. was the advertiser and there was this list of just stocks that you mm. just look at and and the list tiny little print Mm. on the back of the the financial page mm. and that's what we had there was there yeah, was nothing yeah. else yeah I remember the, do you remember <laughs> yeah. the highs the lows yeah. the average and yeah. and that's what that's what you went on there was no like googling for analyst reports or, or yeah. anything like that mm. and you would get you would get their IPO prospectuses that you would have to literally submit to and then they'd mail it out to you yeah um yeah. There was no internet <laughs> back in those days. Yeah. Like I I only got my um that was able to surf the internet when in in literally the first or second year of my university degree. I remember because we had to do a project. Um we're talking the Dewey Decimal system back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my the first the first three stocks was um Santos and News Corp and Coca-Cola Amateur. Those are the wow. Yeah, but you know, it was through that. That's how I got enough money to sort of buy the ticket and and join my my boyfriend at the the time in in Sydney. Um, wow. For, yeah, after I graduated. So yeah, no, I did miss a little little bit. Um, before I did go to Hong Kong, I actually flew to 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 Sydney and worked for a bit and lived there. Um, mm. Yep. So guess what? My first job straight out of my undergrad degree, green 
20 years old was as a stockbroker. Um, wow. Yeah, so I was, they were called uh, TD Waterhouse at the time. Actually, before that, they were called Greenline Investor Services. And then they were TD Waterhouse. Then they got bought. They're not Comsec. Um, oh, wow. But Yeah. Um, and, and that's before I um, went to Hong Kong because I needed a visa um, out there as an Australian. So, wow. so yeah, that was the, the Feifei back then. Um, yeah. <laughs> and still it's the Feifei now, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think I've mellowed out a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, back then it was all about me, all about my schedule. But yeah, as you know, when you have kids, it's it's not all about you and it's not all about you. Or maybe it still is a little bit about me. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my, my, my youngest, he's, he's five now. It's, he's so similar to me in terms of personality and it's like, yeah. but it's, it's what I want. And I'm like, yeah. no, you need to be considerate, you know, sharing yeah. is caring and, you know, you're trying yeah. to, but it's like, no, you know, from his little lens, it's yeah. all about him. Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> um, I call him the little, um, his name's Jamie and, um, he's got this sort of, um alternate name also known as King James and it's like yes your majesty <laughs> yes your majesty what was his what would his you know and the, the emperor like now and yeah. then he's he's like yeah I could live this life and it's like no you couldn't <laughs> <laughs> well at least he won't short sell himself true yeah true. but you want them to be well-rounded yeah that's right so you it sounds like you have always wanted to work on on yourself and therefore your career what about being a mom did you always know that you were going to be a mom from that early age oh god yes absolutely no no way <laughs> <laughs> no interest in in being a mom no interest in in having a family mm. um all about um just wanting to work and and having a career and and learn um, never even really wanted to get married. Um, mm. So obviously I met my the father of my children at a very young age, um, straight straight out of high school actually. Mm. And, and we were both very simple. Like we were both really ambitious. We both knew that there was a world out there. And mm. so we never really talked about kids or, or anything. Um, mm. And I, I always just thought marriage, like what's what's the point? And I'm mm. also a very um, impatient person and I still am. And um, and and look, being a mum really teaches you about patience. And, and I will say that's like my biggest weakness. I've just always been so impatient. Everything needs to have been done yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah right. So if I knew what it was really like, you know, <laughs> being like a mum, in my 20s God. yeah um yeah. no but um that maternal instinct um really only kicked in in my early 30s I would say mm. and okay. it was weird, really weird it was like this sudden switch mm. that that went on um mm. and so you know I have friends that just know or or you know consultants or young uh, people that I mentor that just want to have a, a family they want to have um they 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 want to be a parent so early on I I never mm. I never had that and um but what's interesting is that I it, it being a parent just really that the switch went off when I knew I wanted to be a mother um and I don't know if it was that biological clock or whatever um and also even being married you know for, for me I was like oh, it's good enough um I had this long life partner 
Um, and we did just live together for, for the longest time. We didn't even think of having, you know, the marriage and everything because mm. it was all about that long life journey and, and working together. I mean, we, we had this amazing journey of, of working and, and living in six different cities before we even mm. had children. Um, so, you know, the father of my, my children, he also went through this amazing uh you know career as well um mm. from from australia as well we were both from adelaide to, to asia to to the us and then and then to france and then you know we were in london together building our, our family but yeah so so never never ever <laughs> wanted mm. to dream of being a mum like like most people do mm. but obviously now i wouldn't change a thing um, mm. my, my kids are my, my everything. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think everyone sort of decides that they want, they, they want to be a mum. Actually, some people don't even, it's really by accident. It's like, whoops, yeah. <laughs> yeah. where to from here? Yeah. And then just deal with it for the rest of your life. Yes. So, yes. So was it a hard conversation when you found, when you, when that biological clock or when that instinct kicked in, was it a hard discussion to have with your partner at the time was he on board straight away or did it take a while yeah no no he didn't need any convincing either I guess um I guess I wanted a family and I guess he wanted a family funnily enough um we had a lot of um peers uh sort of mm -hmm. from my MBA cohort as as well that were just in similar life stages and I think maybe it was just in our little circle um mm. of of friends that we have friends that were investment banking and we all kind of graduated at the same time mm. we all um had children and decided to start the family at really similar similar times it's quite it's quite interesting and mm. and it was both it was both the the mom and and the, the sort of the wife and the 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 husbands um and we all and and funnily enough like I have um my my children um have have friends that 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 are literally in that same year as as well so I have mm. MBA MBA alumni like long life yeah. friends our kids are all the same age literally yeah. Um, yep. And then even in my NCT, I think, is there a Australian equivalent, like the mother's group? Yes. Um, yeah. So in my mother's group equivalent, we call it the NCT, sort of, what was it to stand for? National Childbirth Trust or something, something like that. Mm. Um, I was doing it with my, uh, my MBA. Alumni. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, some, some, yeah, out of yeah. The, the seven, there'd be one yeah. or two. And yeah, we're, we're all the same age. Um, so mm. anyway. So at that time, um, we were sort of um, associates um, and look, it, it wasn't easy, easy right? Um, when mm. you're sort of building, especially in investment banking, it's a very demanding mm. um, industry. Mm. Um, having kids, I think it doesn't get as hard as that really. Um, although, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, entrepreneurial mums out there now um, starting mm. their businesses as they're pregnant and or, mm. or maybe even working in private equity as well um that is also a very demanding area and there are all that a lot of other industries um mm. you know, even in the medical profession you know my, my sister is a, is a doctor I mean that that's mm. really hard as, as well so mm. you know I think we've all got our challenges um but yeah he mm. was uh, my the father of my kids was very supportive 
what really stood out for me was when you decided to leave the investment banking career, right? You were in um, in London working for Barclay. You've made it. You're a director. It was, well, from, from my point of view, it looks like you finally reach that level. And it's all a matter of just sailing through um, that hard work that, that, that you've built. Uh, but yet at the same time, you realize that life is not all about work and you do have these three kids that you need to start making um, space for. Was that a hard transition? How long did it take you to reach that point? Hmm. Yes, that's a, a really good question. Um, so leaving um, banking was was difficult because um, I think there's an your life, right? Like you 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 derive a, a sense of identity from that. I mean, for sure, you, right? For for sure. And so suddenly, when you suddenly leave it, and I think I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people will even not for kids, like when you leave a profession like that, where it's literally consumed your life. Mm. I mean, we're talking mm. long, long hours. Your identity is derived from banking. Mm. And mm. and even back then, like, you know, when you met someone, you'd be like, yep, yep, yep. I, you know, people give you the title. Um, I don't do that anymore. But they'll be like, they'll just give you the, the title of the bank or whatever. Um, mm. that, that's how they derive their sense of identity. Mm. So um, building that back again after I left was was quite um, a challenging experience and and something I think I went through back then and then obviously embracing really for the first time being a mother because mm. there was no other I, I couldn't say and I did take a, a few months out just nothing else no job just I am a mum first and foremost and just getting mm. used to it's like who are you what are mm. your hobbies like I remember even um I think god you know wow, I could do anything I wanted. And yeah. I never learned tennis, for instance. So I, I remember mm. picking up tennis, you know, stuff like that. Like really, you're building yourself out from, yeah. from the ground. Yeah. And so um, because of that experience, and I think that was the, the trigger, um, it put me into this um, new, um, it gave me a new foundation where I was like, gosh, if once I'd gone through that um, uh, sort of, self-development um journey it actually I was okay I was okay mm -hmm. because I saw I can I've got my talents I've got these transferable skills I know what energizes me I know what my values are and it was also quite interesting um back then I hadn't really identified the values that I lived by it was only a, a recent um exercise I have this amazing friend she's an executive coach um called Justine and she's like Faye you, you need to what are your values I'm like what what do you mean she goes well they're the principles you live by every mm. day day mm. in day out it's how, how yeah. you make your job decisions etc she's yeah. like do, do this exercise and so it was like sort of a few weeks where um I had all these values I whittled them down I looked back on my life to say when was I happiest when was I most satisfied when mm. was I really not happy when was mm. I the most depressed and you you look at these moments and and mm. take these moments of self-reflection and you sort of identify you know what is it that, that energizes you and that mm. and when you identify those values that's that's how you live your life that's how you yeah. choose the job that you want and and for me it was freedom 
excellence. I need I need to achieve excellence. I live by standards of excellence. I deliver excellence for my clients. I commit to excellence. I live, I have high standards. And if mm. I anything below that, I'm really unhappy. And so mm. I strive, I strive for that. I aim for that. Um, I need freedom. I need stuff on my own terms. I need flexible working. Job will get done, but I need, I need freedom. Yeah. And yeah. I need authenticity. Like I just need to be by my myself. I can't mm. try to be something else. And and I live, I live by those, those values. And so once I had that, um, it was it was okay. And and so organically, um, I kind of had that consciousness. So that's why I've kind of been able to go through, I guess, all the different reiterations of finding that next thing because I've kind of got that to ground me. And so, you know, wherever I go to next, I mean, management consulting, um, it's been such an amazing opportunity to join Oliver Wyman. Even at this time in my my life, I am learning management consulting. I really am. I've consulted. I've been in advisory, but learning that management consulting toolkit is is new for me. But I I'm I'm loving it because I have mm. still have that sense of curiosity. I still have these principles that I live by, and and yes, it's it's really consolidating a lot of very senior experience that you know, I've 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 accumulated. You know through the 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 last few careers that I've had and and you know and I've got no issue with that because I'm I'm I, as long as I live by these values I'm okay I love it I really love that tip take some time jot down to really find out your values what energizes you what 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 gives you um fulfillment and mm. also what what takes that energy out of you yes <laughs> Absolutely. It is because we'll be tired, right? Like I'll have days where I haven't slept or my kids are tired and tired is different to being really, you know, unhappy. And and I have this amazing, I have this amazing, um, partner now. Um, and he really notices that in me, like, he'll be like, oh, you're not, you know, you don't, you're not, you'll see it. He's like, you're a bit deflated, right? Yeah, like he'll, yeah. he he really is very sensitive to my energy, mm, mm. and and everyone needs to be energized. They mm. they that that's how you achieve, that that's how you achieve your best. Yeah, and you want you want to be at your best. You want to be at your happiest. Yeah, because then you know, and and being a parent, that's the best I can be. And that you know, children, right? You know how mm. sensitive they are to you and mm. your energy, mm. and they really are essentially a mirror. Um, yeah to, to me right the, the yeah. self effect I've never I've had to look <laughs> at myself more um, and you know, and you know the question you asked me it's like what were you like as a child like, I never had that asked me uh, the first time anyone asked that was was my children because who even cares what you were like as a child <laughs> but the kids they're so curious and they ask yeah. all these really basic questions and yeah. they ask really good questions as well yeah yeah that's awesome. All right. So you've lived in many continents, many cities, many countries throughout your first marriage. Are you able to uh, share some tips on how to make a relationship work when you're living in different cities, different countries, when you're making big life decisions, such as, you know, starting on the MBA or taking a, a job overseas? Um, what sort of tips uh do you think um, 
is transferable to other other people? Yeah, no, that is a really good question. And I've I've had that asked before. Um, I think, um, first of all, I mean, compromise is, is so important, right? It, it can't just revolve about like one person, especially when you've got two. In our, in our case, we were both ambitious and we, we both always wanted more. So we were both from Adelaide, right? So we both knew that we wanted to, to leave and we, we had that in common and, and we just wanted more. Um, but to achieve that, um, you're both going to have to have different um, journeys of evolution, um, different um, journeys of, of professional development, self-development. And it's a, it's a real um, journey of, a, a volatile journey of, of discovery as well. And so the only way you can really stay together, and because you, you don't move together, you don't ebb and flow together, is, is to uh, compromise, right? And I think as long as you've both got that understanding of, of what's the end goal here. And so, um, you know, David and I, we kind of had that similar common goal. Like we both kind of knew, oh, five years out, 10 years out, we had that common understanding of something we were both working towards and if you both have that mm. then it's then it's okay to go through the ups and downs you can kind of give and take your turn my turn so for mm. instance uh, me going to Sydney was me following him mm. uh, me going to Hong Kong was him going okay let's do it let's let's uh let's follow this opportunity for, for so he followed you he mm. followed me because then he looked at us as, a, as an opportunity and, and he was at um, City at the mm. time and he was a trader at the time. He's like, well, you know, yeah, Hong Kong's a pretty cool place. Let's see what opportunities mm. I, I can get. Uh, me then going to the US, it was me following mm. him and then me giving up uh, my my job because um, we were engaged at the time. And, mm. you know, it's okay, cool. And then so it, for me, it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take some time out where to for me next mm. and that's when I thought oh I think I want to learn a new language and that's when I I like from nothing I learned Spanish um because mm. I, I I used that time to um go to Costa Rica and he was at University of Chicago so I followed him and then um and that's obviously that's when I I enrolled myself in the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and then, and then, then it was like, well, where to for me next? And so, he was in. Um, he was then actually in uh, San Francisco, and then he moved to Hong Kong. And that's also why um, INSEAD came into it because INSEAD has this Singapore campus. And so, at least we were in the same time zone, and we could still keep meeting each other. But still, mm. I could pursue something. Mm. And mm. and yeah, you'll consider them, but it, it's compromise, right? I mean, if I mm. if I if he wasn't in the picture, I'd be like, okay, world is my oyster. Maybe mm. Africa, maybe you know, yeah. um, Harvard or or something. But no, it was very. You, you you have all your options, and sometimes it's easier because sometimes too many options and yeah. and having the world is too confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's making you know careful decisions, but having that long term goal. Um, yeah. That that beacon, and yeah. and you know, that beacon doesn't always have to have happen because we never said, yes, we're going to have three kids together in London and we're going to work towards that. It you know you kind of a lot of of stuff you you do stumble into it, but but it works because you have that um, 
you, you have that kind of end goal in, in place. And we were both Australian. And so we both sort of had that end goal um, mm. in, in place as well. I was like, yeah, I think it would be a good idea to sort of expose the kids to to an Australian childhood. And that's mm. why we're, we're both um, co-parenting our kids in, in Australia now. Wow. Okay. So that's the decision that you both made as mm-hmm. co-parents. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. right. How did you make the long, long distance at the time marriage or relationship work? Because you're apart for quite a while, right? A few months at least. Mm, Yep. A lot of, a lot of long, long distance flights. Um, So I would say um, we never, I think the longest stint where we had two different living addresses was, was six months. I have friends that, that lasted longer to be to be honest I have friends actually that have even longer like they are in long distance relationships where one might be in western um, sort of California and the other one in in Asia Um, but again they're making it work and and we would meet you know on the phone Um, it's look it's not all smooth sailing I'll be honest with you because the worst thing is having a fight or an argument and not being able to yeah right yeah. give each other yeah. the cuddle and the hug and go to yeah. bed happy with each other because you're first of all you're in different time zones and uh you're not physically in the same country um but it's having that that communication and so look we a lot of long flights and it's having that plan in place to keep that connectivity um mm-hmm. and if if it's not possible then oh it's really important to have that that solid base and that solid understanding that that unsaid Mm. that contract unsaid contract and and there's this book and I think I mentioned I've mentioned to you a couple of times haven't I Jane it's called um, Couples at Work by um, Jennifer Petriclieri she's also a um, INSEAD um, professor who wrote a book about that specifically about couples at work couples that um, have very different that, that, that are in in two different successful careers and yet how you su- su- succeed and survive as, as a couple and I, I haven't read it I've read excerpts but I haven't read it um, from cover to cover but it does talk about having that contract at the start of a relationship of what you guys want to work towards and if you have that common understanding you you'll be able to go through the the ups and downs together and um and so even if it means that you are sort of in separate countries for a while you you'll be together eventually because that's what you Mm. both want and what you're working towards but you both understand that to be fulfilled and to be deeply satisfied you know at that professional level you Mm. you need to do what you need to do otherwise you won't be happy together and then you'll split Mm. up and because if you're not happy you can't stay together um Mm. and and I think that's that's probably how we we made it work so I think your relationship changed not only as your career progressed but we change over time we're not Mm. the same person as as we were 10 years ago or even last year um, and I think so that that agreement to keep working towards a certain something that you want to do, I think it's probably something that you need to do every year, right? Because things change all the time. Yes, absolutely. Things change. Probably different cycles for some people. Mm. Um, I yeah. mean, I've had many different careers 
some people are lucky um, and they find that job that they are genuinely happy. I have a lot of Oliver Wyman colleagues actually that have literally been with Oliver Wyman for mm. 20 years and mm. they're happy. And mm. yeah, and 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 so maybe their self-development, I mean, and they are deeply satisfied and and happy. And mm. they their their development may not be every year, but you know, they're still learning and they're still curious and um maybe in a in, in a different sort of um a time cycle to other people. But you're right, mm. it's that that cyclicality mm. uh is is there. And for people like you and I, maybe it's every year. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So with with um, a couple who are both in a very demanding jobs, obviously this would reverberate even more, right? Um, what tips do you think high both high power couples mm-hmm. um, can implement in their relationship mm-hmm. to in yeah. order to make the dynamic of their relationship a little bit easier to handle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think communication is really important. Um, and we've talked about the deep understanding of like mm. what what it is, right, that makes us you tick. Mm. Um, and and really knowing that. And I think a lot of people just don't even think about it, but it I, it's it's important. And mm. the second the second part of it, um, I think is is when you have kids, your time, you know, look, let's talk about the job the job's already time consuming and then hey welcome kids kids take up time <laughs> right and suddenly you've got these 24 hours in a day yeah and yeah how, yeah. how do you split it and you've got yeah. no no choice you're just stuck yeah. with 24 yeah. hours and no matter if yeah. you, you're not god so you can't yeah. like create more hours I would love to but I can't <laughs> Um, and so, you know what, you've got your sleep, you've got your job demands, you've got your family, you've got your kid and you've got your, your own, your, yeah, your sanity, sanity mm. time, the, the, your own, your, your own individual time. And I, I suffer from, from that. I mean, I'm, I'm to blame. I don't spend enough time, you know, for myself and I'm becoming mm. more conscious of having that, you know, for kids with very young kids, it can be very, very difficult, but, um, it's really working out that split and having that um, understanding of demarcating the time, how you split that time. And look, the reality is, you know, when you are two couples in a demanding job, uh, some are in a situation where it's just one person having the job and then the other person, and so they they can split that time in a different way. But when you're two working in demanding mm. jobs mm. there's less mm. time to split for the family mm. and kids yeah. so yeah. you've got to you've got to work work that out and and, and yeah. that really depends on 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 the job so then that's about problem solving for for that and for yeah. me it's really having to be really brutally efficient and mm. really just prioritizing so what are the top three things? What are the top five things? And then there are things that just don't just yeah. don't get the time yeah. of day. Yeah. Like really. And I'm I'm at fault. Like I will have emails. I have thousands of emails, personal email, another email. I'm, I'll, I'll be honest, I have a, a really good friend and and she does charity work. And 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 look, you know, social um charity you know for, for I, I I'm very into you know chi- children's charities um, as mm. a mother um, equal opportunities underprivileged I'm really into that anyway just to give you an example um, one of my my friends sort of sent me this this invite 
and I just hadn't looked at it. It was for St. Vincent's, Vincent's charity. And um, and also there was this Peace Child charity as well that I'm still connected with in, in, in London. And, you know, I'll receive invites and suddenly um, I'll either be um, unsubscribing things because I'm just looking through things, spam, so I'm just trying to declutter. And I, and I don't, I, I just don't keep contact because I, I'm in literal survival mode. So it's job, it's school, you know, and the other stuff just have to be to deprioritize. So accidentally unsubscribe or, or deprioritize. And it's important to me, but because in those moments where I'm extremely mm. busy, let's say mm. the last three months where we're literally mm. on survival mode, you know, end of school year, choral concerts, graduations yeah. for my daughter, um, project delivery, end of year reviews, you know, all these things. Um, and then, you know, WhatsApp comes like, Faye, why did you undescribe from my charity? You know, and I'm like, oh my God, don't just, just it yeah. was an accident. Don't take it yeah. personally. Stuff like that. And I'll, I'll get mm. this, I'll, this stuff will come back to me, mm. but I, I brutally prioritize um, mm. really. And then, and then the stuff that's just not Im so important at that time just goes to the bottom of the list and then I'm just constantly prioritizing and I just, mm. I just have, I just have to do that. And it's not by, it's not personal, but some stuff just, I forget. I mean, even paying bills, like running the house, mm. um, my, oh God, this, I feel awful, but yeah, like it, my, 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 my kids, you know, will be like, mom, mommy. Um, my, my shoes don't even fit me anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, you stuff yeah. your foot in. I can, you know, it's just stuff yeah. like that. You just yeah. prioritize on a day to day basis, on a week by week basis. And yeah. that's just what, what we do. Yeah, it's so funny. My, um, my good um, high school friends, uh, we just caught up for uh, Christmas not too long ago. And one of my friend asked, oh, so what What size is Josie's, my daughter's name? What size is Josie's shoes now? And I said, yeah. you know what? I'm such a bad mom. I don't even know her current shoe size. Yeah. <laughs> so totally relate, right? Like things like that, that we yeah. feel like, oh my God, yeah. I don't even know that. I know. Yeah. Why would we, why? why? Yeah, <laughs> is it important? Exactly. Yeah, right. Know, to to whatever, um, you know, yeah. what, what's called, you know, right? I wake up, what's my yeah. timetable today? What's the first meeting? Right? Yeah. And yeah. what are the emails? What, what emails do I need to reply? I mean, thank God I have an assistant that does the yeah. scheduling for me. Um, <laughs> that's another plus to being a principal at, at Oliver Wyman. Um, yeah. But, you know, sometimes we really need like a personal assistant just to be a mum because who yeah. would know the size <laughs> of their five-year-old child? Seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you say that. <laughs> but I'm also glad that you are able to fit this conversation in, you know. Thank oh, you for um, taking a slice out of your 24 hours today for this, for this oh, chat. Really appreciate been... it absolute pleasure pleasure Jane honestly and um, and it's been such a, a blast to the past as well yeah. for me you know when you ask all these questions like oh god wow it makes me feel really old but we're, <laughs> we're I, I'm young at heart I'm so young at heart and um yeah hopefully uh we'll you know the journey's not over yeah you don't look a day past 35 so oh thank you <laughs> What about the mummy guilt? Did you get the mummy guilt? Yeah, oh, always. I mean, gosh, of course you feel guilty when you, you know, your children 
don't have any lunch, right? Like you have so many, <laughs> or, or you know, and it, we, we constantly self-compare as well. And there are other mums um, that have made their own choices and they're, they're mm. equally competent, really successful women that have made their choice um, mm. because according to their values of what they, they want mm. and they're, they're there for their kids more. And, mm. and, then, and then I've made my choice and you, mm. you constantly rise like, oh, mm. I could be, if I'd made that choice, I'd be there mm. for my kid, kid more. Mm. I could spend mm. more time with my children in uh, overseeing their homework. Like for instance, I don't, I'm mm. very laissez-faire. My, my kids have to know their timetable from an early age. Like I literally, mm made sure that was a world old machine they have to because I'm not mm. there to chase after them I'm not at home mm. I'll give the nanny um uh, pointers and I'll mm. let them know what's in the schedule but I'm not that I don't have time to be that hel- helicopter parent but mm. then I'll sort of think oh god if I'd been there a little bit longer would they yeah. have done better at that yeah. you know yeah p- yeah piano concert right so yeah. I've, yeah. Always, I've always got that that guilt yeah. um yeah. and um and I, I think we'll never we'll never shake that um and mm. even when I spent time but what was funny was even when I took time out during my maternity leaves I, I took three three you know big stints of maternity leave you know for the breastfeeding and um having the newborns the, the mummy kit was still there it just never went and when then you I'm were like, still with them uh-huh yep what were you what were you because then, guilty about? Because, because then, then you're like, oh, I'm not doing this well enough or I could be doing this better. Um, and then you're dividing it between the, the kids as, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just, yeah. and then, oh, oh, right. Oh, well, then that other mum's like um, yeah. looking organic baby yeah. food puree. <laughs> and here I am just buying, yeah. buying this. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. mum has breastfed her baby till whenever and I'm weak. five years right. old five. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right? five yeah. years old yeah. Yeah. no mum is ever yeah. going to be my daughter's 12 and I'm yeah. still sh- I, I'm gonna constantly worry about her and yeah. and still be be guilty but I'm just living with it we're doing the best we can yeah we're doing the best we can and every yeah. mum's doing an amazing job honestly yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I go to bed at night. My kids know I love them deeply, and that is like, oh, mommy, like they just know every time I drop the ball. I've dropped the ball so many times. I mean, even the time when, oh, oh my god, I, I feel so awful. My my daughter's <laughs> tooth was infected, so her her baby tooth was really wobbly, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it'll fall out. I I didn't even have time to to call a dentist and to get like to to get her to 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 the dentist and then it turned out some food had gotten stuck under the the baby tooth being really wobbly and had rotted mm. and that's mm. why she was in pain and literally but she's really tough she's like me we have a very high tolerance for pain and she was just sucking it up and um I was giving her Panadol for two nights just to get her through and then finally I was like oh no 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 this is this is bad and then we should start getting mm. the fever yeah and then she had a tooth extraction for two days she um, had been going through the pain, but you know, any normal mum would have just booked that dentist <laughs> appointment and gotten her to a a dentist ASAP. But for me, it takes, and you know, you're reflecting like, oh, I feel so guilty. I've had yeah. numerous, numerous times where, oh, ear infections as well. It's like, oh, 
how many hours I'm going to have to wait at A&E and you'll be balancing, right? Because how many yeah, meetings yeah, yeah, have yeah. I got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to get, and then in hindsight, hindsight it's like, oh, I should have gotten him in, should have gotten him that, 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 that care at yeah. that point in time because, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that neurofem. Um, yeah. administration over the 12, the, the fever is not going down. Okay. It's bad now. And yeah, you feel guilt, but yeah. we all, we all just have to make the best decision we can with the information we've got. Yeah, exactly. Like that's part of being a parent is that you're learning while you're doing it. And by the time you think you know how to do it, they're changed. So you yeah. need to adapt your, your way again. Oh, Yes absolutely they change again and then you're changing yeah (laughs) oh it's hard to keep up yeah but as you said we're all doing our best Mm. and that's that's got to be enough right absolutely we are doing our best and that's the best we we can do and otherwise Mm. it it's out of your control so Mm. it's a waste of energy trying to control stuff that you you can't control and mm. um and and I've learned that I've learned to just go with the flow a lot more, mm. um and not be so high strung um mm. and and yeah you really do learn that mm. when you have when you have your third child that poor third kid or the fourth kid <laughs> or the fifth kid or even the second kid right yeah yeah second was a huge adjustment for me yeah apparently anything after three is just more of the same <laughs> that's what they say well I won't yeah. be finding out so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you tell okay. me if you tell me oh no no we're done oh, we're done as well. <laughs> Shop, <laughs> shops, shops closed yeah <laughs> yeah all right. So knowing all of the wealth of knowledge that you know now, if you could go back to that young Faith Bay, just when you're about to, to start your degree, your first bachelor's degree, what advice would you give the young Faith Bay? Wow, that's a good question. Okay. Um, I would say the first thing is slow down. Um, you've got plenty of time what are you rushing for? Um, just enjoy everything. Smell the roses. And, you know, and that's what people kept telling me, like um, this professor I'm, I'm sort of staying with now that I've kept. He's a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, he's, um, he was always telling me because I kept in contact with him. So he sort of lived through mm. my journey, like from mm. literally from the young Fei straight out of high school through through to now. And he was always saying, saying to me, you know, smell the roses, you know, enjoy it. And also when I look back at as a mum, all those special moments um that that you have, you know, as a, when when your baby's this you, you're cuddling this newborn baby, just to be in that moment and just to enjoy it more. Um because then they pass and then they'll just be memories. Yeah. So I would yeah. definitely, definitely tell that that Fei just enjoy, be in the moment. There's no rush. Um and, and it's true because you know here I am in my mid 40s. I've got more time and I'm still got more time to go and um I'm just really learning to just really enjoy everything now and be in the moment. Mm. Um, and then I think the second one is to, I think this is more for women maybe, but just to, just stop, stop holding back, just go for it. You know, don't doubt yourself. You can do it. So don't Mm. have so many reservations about asking for that promotion, um, needing to tick all the boxes before you Mm. take that leap. 
You mm. don't. If you can mm. tick three out of the four boxes, maybe not even three, two and a half out of the four boxes, that's, mm. that's good enough. Make sure mm. you have the confidence because let me tell you, especially, you know, in my banking days, mm. um, I'd be looking around me. So, you know, obviously in banking, I, I was one of the very few women. Um, even mm. now I work in a very male dominated um, mm. world where you'll be in meetings and, and it's very, very normal for me to be the only woman in the room or in a meeting in a room. Very, very normal um, mm. in, in the PE world, in the VC world. Um, it's changing now, though. I think uh, we're seeing a lot more women, which is very welcome and a real positive change. But men just don't have that confidence mm. and and they don't need to tick all the boxes before. Mm. They'll ask for, they'll ask for and forge the way mm. to to grabbing that opportunity but women mm. you know they they check themselves a lot more mm. before they take that first step don't mm. do it you don't need to do it and and that's why I'm, I'm really trying to teach that to my daughter there's this amazing book I read and it's I think it's called it's called the confidence code for women mm. and it really it really talks about that as well um and just how um women as they operate they our brains are the you know the same but but we spend a bit more time in the amygdala part which is the paranoia part where we're mm. just trying to to make sure everything's okay it's a protective part that's why we're more nurturing as as, as parents because you spend a bit more time in that that brain but no mm. you don't have to um mm. go, go to the front the front of the brain <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah go out there predator hunter um, yeah. it's it's okay it's okay mm. so I would tell that Fei Fei there and it's probably a bit more uncomfortable as well mm. but it's mm. okay to be uncomfortable because that's how we grow to be a little bit uncomfortable all the time yeah beautiful thanks for that that's a really that's good tip that's okay And the last question is, what's your Alpha Mom song? Oh, right. Yes, the Alpha Mom song. So when I have um, when I have the deadlines looming, where I don't feel well, where, you know, how do I keep myself going, right, in the downtime? Yes. yes. Um, I actually don't have any songs. Um, I'm the type of person, because songs to me, um, I find it very distracting, and I know it's mm. very different. Um <clears throat> so excuse me I actually do have friends that have songs that mm. keep them going I'm the type of person that I turn into robo mode I yeah. turn on autopilot and yeah. I just put my help down and I steamroll ahead yeah um, it's it's like that with my running as well like people mm. like to listen to podcasts and they mm. listen to audible and they're like mm. yeah Faye, you can I'm like no 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 I run I run mm full pelt ahead at um and I I need the pain and I run through the pain and I need to feel the pain and I I really want to be in that moment so sorry I'm I'm talking about my diet it's not exactly the same as my my physical training but um what happens what I'm trying to sort of say is that there's when I'm in my my tough times and um, when I'm feeling really stretched I actually um but my default is I go into to, to autopilot on like robo mode mm. and I get a little desensitized um, because I just want to power through and I sort of say, okay, let me get through this. That's the goal. And I become 
I guess, is it a bad way or a good way, but um, uh, less emotional. And mm. so I, I, I power through it that way because mm. sometimes I feel that if I get emotional, um, which is what females tend to do, um, sometimes it's... it's uh, lose control. I lose control. It's a bit yep. distracting. Mm. And I lose focus. So mm. I turn on the focus and that's how I get through it. So I don't have an alpha mom song. I turn on my let's get focused song, but it's more sort of serious. Um, but do you, feel, I guess do you find like you need silence at that time? Yeah, it's all about concentrating. Um, mm. So when I think about like my most testing times, for instance, it's about, you know, when investment banking right you, mm. you, you're trying to get the deal done mm. and you a lot is at stake a lot of money the bank's underwritten a lot of risk for instance the market risk etc mm. so time timing's an issue you've mm. got all these stakeholders you're trying to get across the line you're trying to sign the deal you're trying to negotiate um it's it's you know focus it's like mm. okay that's where we need to get to how do i coerce everyone get everyone on the same page how do we all get that consensus and you know steer that massive ship and get all the ducks in a row so mm. that we can we can finalize and conclude oh we have to do that we by tomorrow or yesterday the deadline's always asap um mm. so that that's what gets gets us through um but you mm. know some people some people do have that alpha song like I've got mm. I've got this friend my friend Justine amazing woman um the executive coach I was talking about and she sings um when she's like in a testing time so she'll sing yeah. Edelweiss right she's like oh, wow. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope she does most mellow um, most <laughs> mellow because it calms you down yeah. you know Edelweiss like when the kids are testing her everyone's yeah. testing her yeah she'll just yeah. sing that song yeah. brings her back down yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Doesn't quite mm. work for me because I need to keep <laughs> that pace. Yeah. Um, but, you yeah. know, it's what, whatever works. So I think yeah. that's a really good one, actually. That's a really mm. good one, I'm sure. Do other mums have, have songs as, as well? Is that common? Yeah, some, some have songs. What I found really interesting was I was chatting with this um, founder from um, that I met from Berkeley, California, she uh, puts on a binaural beats when she needs to focus. She just puts on this and oh. it's specific, like a specific frequency targets certain um, part of your brain. So she has one for when she needs to just focus and work. There's another one for creativity. Um, so, and and I, I loved it. Ever since wow. she mentioned that, I am like, I'm going to check out this binaural beat and yeah. the amount of focus, because I usually need silence when I'm mm. focusing on something, but that binaural beats just acts as a, I guess white noise, but also a certain frequency that mm. targets your brain. I was, yeah, I was in the zone. So I'll share it with you. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. yes, please. I will try anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. No, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, maybe mm. I'll, I'll I'll try that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for um, making the time today. I really appreciate you taking a sliver of time during your holiday with family. Um, I welcome. hope you have a great new and new years next year and hopefully we'll get to keep in touch. Absolutely. Definitely. We'll keep in touch and yes, happy new year. Thank you. See you then. Yeah, bye.
Thank you so much for listening to Breadwinning Mums. Please subscribe and leave us some feedback so we can continue to make the show better for you. If you know a fellow breadwinning mum, please share the show so we can cheer each other on. Until next time. Thank you.